0: And now, The Federal Drive with Tom Tammen on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, underwritten by Impress Technology Solutions and Dell EMC. Hello and thanks for joining us on this Monday, April 22nd, 2019, six minutes past the hour. I'm Tom Tammen. Our producers are Lauren Larson and Eric White. Our digital editors, Amelia Brust and David Thornton. Coming up in this hour of The Federal Drive, for the Census Bureau, there's anonymous and there's really, really anonymous data, plus Data centers are like mice. Once established, they're not easy to get rid of. Those stories and much more ahead during this hour of The Federal Drive. But first, 3D printing is part of the next frontier for the Veterans Affairs Department. It started back in 2017 with a 3D printed model of a veteran's heart valve at the VA Puget Sound Healthcare System. Now, VA's 3D printing network has grown to 20 labs at VA medical centers across the country. Beth Ripley is a radiologist at Puget Sound and chairs the Veterans Health Administration's 3D Printing Advisory Committee. She's also a senior fellow at the VHA Innovation Ecosystem. Ripley tells Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco more about 3D at the VA.
1: So I noticed early on that in these complex cases like tumors and other complex anatomy, oftentimes the senior surgeon on the case would come down and look through those images. They may come two or three times. And, you know, these are people that are important. So you think, why have they spent all this time down there? And I realized it's because it's really hard for them to understand some of the complexities in the anatomy on those cases. And so that's what really drove me to figure out a better way to show imaging data to surgeons. And that started by just, post-processing images and trying to make cool um, 3D visualizations on a computer screen, but that wasn't really enough. And so I tried 3D printing because I had heard about it from a friend, and we we 3D printed. The first thing was a, a heart valve, and it was amazing to see how the surgeon just grabbed that print, picked it up in his hands, literally turned it over, maybe 15, 20 seconds, stepped down and was like, I got it. And that was in comparison to, you know, looking at images for 20 or 30 minutes, maybe two or three times. And that's when I really knew that there was something there. Similar iterations were happening across the country with, with other people like me making their own sort of revelations about how 3D printing could work. And so each one of us, you know, started, started working on it. Soon we found each other and then we started to collaborate. And that's really how the, the 3D network first started.
2: So it seems as if the network has been focused on the pre-surgical planning aspects. So you're using 3D printing to save time leading up to surgery, alleviate some of the concerns for patients. Can you kind of walk us through how that works?
1: So let's say we're dealing with a patient who has problems with his heart valve, okay, so the aortic valve, the the heart valve is diseased in this patient. So, how we would use 3D printing is we would start with the patient would get an imaging exam of his heart, you know, with the diseased heart valve, we would be 3D printing a model and giving it to an interventional cardiologist because there are opportunities for this patient to potentially have a minimally invasive procedure rather than an open heart surgery the model allows the surgeon and the interventional cardiologist to talk and decide together whether or not the patient is a candidate for a simpler surgery which is a huge benefit if they are and so if if they were able to decide that from the model then the next step would be for the interventional cardiologist to sit down with the patient and hand him his own heart Right, so he could see where the disease is and really understand what that procedure is all about. And that really helps in the conversation between the two of them in the informed consent process. And then finally, that model would go then with the patient to the operating room to serve as a guidepost basically throughout that procedure for the surgeon or interventionalist
2: you know, the first time that you realized that you could do this and the first time you actually did it, I mean, what was the reaction like from the providers that you were working with, maybe the patients you were working with, you as the team? I mean, what did you all think about this?
1: You know, it—it it is kind of mind-blowing. And in that first model, the first thing when it, when it was dropped into my hand off the printer, first thing I thought was, oh my God, it's way larger than I thought. You know, it's it, is that the size of a heart valve? And, and remember, I've been looking at these for years, and, and there's something, you know, you see it on the screen, you, you physically know, okay, it measures 30 millimeters, whatnot, but to translate that kind of abstract into what landed in my hand, I mean, that it, it really was a game changer. And I think it was the same sort of reaction for everyone else. So actually, we just kind of like took that heart valve and running down the, the hospital, you know hallway to be like, look at this, look at this, you know, and it's a it to as, as many um, cardiologists and docs as we said, we could, you know, find, and everyone was having the same reaction, oh my, that's what it's like, you know, and, and so I think, you know, it's, there's something really magical about it almost to know that you're holding in your hands an exact replica of something that's in a patient, whether it's, you know, a valve or their anatomy, and then to be able to turn it over in your hands, look down at it and, and really understand it is, is really amazing.
2: So what other, you started with the, the heart valve example, but what else are you using 3D printing to work on here? I, I noticed that you're working on printing an artificial lung to help patients with respiratory disease. What else can you tell us about there?
1: The next frontier, which is what you're alluding to, is the possibility of actually being able to print true biological tissues that could be placed within a patient. Our goal is to be able to 3D print living bone that's vascularized that could be placed back into a patient. Just like being able to 3D print the models is a game changer for us in terms of, you know, saving time in the operating room, you know, being able to see any potential risks before they happen and, and streamlining that. Again, the, the bioprinting is going to be another huge opportunity to, to step forward. And if we can create bone uh, that we can place into a patient, we can save all kinds of morbidities that are related to how we have to harvest bone from a patient now in order to, in order to do that. And then who knows what's next.
2: Can you tell me a little bit about how the three D printing network itself has grown over the past couple of years?
1: One of the best things about the the VA three D printing network, I think, is that we are using three D printing in many ways to serve veterans. So three D printing for pre surgical planning is part of that, but we also have staff and subject matter experts that are exploring use of three D printing for orthotics, prosthetics, assistive technology devices, you know, all kinds of of healthcare solutions for our veterans, but with the commonality that they're personalized because of what 3D printing allows you to do. So the network is growing because we're communicating together. Even if I'm, say, 3D printing heart valves, I can talk to my colleague at the Richmond VA about his work in assistive technology devices and we can share best practices and kind of cross-pollinate across, uh, you know, across the hospital. So the network is really about making sure we're maximizing the um, knowledge, the combined knowledge within VA, make sure that we're sharing resources out. And then the, the next thing for the network is to think about how we provide 3D printing services to veterans who receive care from hospitals that don't have 3D printing currently. Because our goal, again, is to make sure that this technology benefits all 9 million patients within our network, regardless of of what hospital they receive care from.
0: Beth Ripley, radiologist and 3D printing expert at the VA Puget Sound Healthcare System, speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Check out Nicole's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Still to come on Federal News Radio, for the Census Bureau, there's anonymous and there's really, really anonymous data. But first, data centers are like mice. Once established, they're not easy to get rid of. It's the Federal Drive with Tom Temin, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.